Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. Hey everyone, this is Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian, and today I am joined by Andrea Petsy from uh, DMA Filtration. Andrea, how are you today? I'm doing great, Brian. Thank you for your invitation. Absol- it's an honor to be with you. <laughs> oh, no, it's my pleasure to host you, and you're joining us today from Italy, is that right? Correct, from Lugo, Italy, in the north part of Italy. Ah, very nice, very nice. And uh, we're recording this during the pandemic, and I know that Italy has been struggling, as has the rest of the world, but I hope it hasn't been too much of a struggle for you and your your company and your family. Well, it's true. We are in the middle of this, uh, probably, is it the fourth wave? Probably, yeah. Mm. And... um, there is, of course, uh, a general problem on a global scale, and Italy is is part of it. Uh, I feel that we still have uh, two, three weeks uh, where where the the situation is quite heavy, but so far we we are dealing with it. Uh, the company is also trying to deal with that, and and hopefully we'll we'll get out uh, in the first half of February, and we'll be again back uh, to to full speed. Yeah, I, I know your company's been doing some really amazing things. We'll get to that in a, in a little bit, but uh, I know your company's been persevering through it and, and making some real strides in R&D, and so, and so we'll yeah. talk about that in a bit. But Andre, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your uh, your your career? Yes, uh, with pleasure. I... I am a chemical engineer. Uh, my background is uh, is uh, technical at the beginning, and uh, believe it or not, uh, I joined the DMA filtration 22 years ago. Wow! <laughs> yes, and uh, sometimes there are people changing uh, job uh, and changing company. Uh, actually, my case is uh, I changed my role within the same company. Mm. I started, uh, as I said, uh, with the technical um, portion of my career in the lab, in R&D department, uh, and a few years later, I moved to the um, technical department, the cost estimating department, uh, where my, my role was uh, uh, sizing of the equipment, uh, uh, drafting the PNID diagrams, uh, mm. working a lot in the process, uh, and, and that was... Um, really formative for me and uh, i believe around 2004 2005 i moved to a sales role and in starting from that moment i worked in in sales in different areas of the world uh, europe uh, asia i spent uh, probably seven eight years uh, dealing with the indian market where i opened the, the dma india office in kolkata to I think wow. uh, 2010, something like that. Wow. Yes. And um, in 2013, or probably even earlier, I started also working with the North American market, uh, which um, was uh, 
the, the, the most uh, important part of my recent career because for this period I worked in US, uh, in Canada, opening the market, developing the market, uh, creating a sales network. Um, and in the last year, probably 20, half in 2021, I became the director of marketing and communication for DNA filtration because we, we started different projects uh, in this uh, area and uh, we uh, needed to uh, have something structured in terms of uh, marketing activities. Matter of fact that I, during the same year, 2020 and 2021, I also completed uh, a master specifically in sales and marketing to you know, complete my, my training and my background in this type of um, uh, area. Oh, very cool, very cool. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about the history of filtration at DME. It's an history that started um, 1971, I believe, so mm. over 50 years ago, where uh, the, the business uh, of solid liquid separation started uh, specifically addressed to areas like uh, wastewater treatment plants, uh, municipalities, uh, and later we, we developed our technologies for other markets because we as you mentioned at the beginning there is a, a big R&D approach uh, uh, in our people here starting from from the past and so we developed our technologies also to other industries like chemical oil and gas uh, food and beverage and uh, I think 25 years ago something like that we started with the mining industry and that became really one of the biggest industries that we are dealing with. So you, you, you know how dewatering is important in these fields. Uh, and that was also the reason why we developed uh, different units, uh, different types and different sizes. And I think we are going to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about, well, uh, tailings filtration and and how do you from your perspective how do you see the growth of tailings filtration over time and and even into the future i suppose well the trend uh, we see in the industry is that uh, the tailings dewatering uh, is uh, is a very important topic uh, for many many companies in general but uh, uh, we see uh, an increase uh, of projects uh, where the tonnages of these uh, tailings uh, are really, really high. There are several reasons. Uh, one of these, uh, I think you, you, can, you can confirm, is that the ore grades uh, is, uh, is going to be lower than in the past in average. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the quantity of tailings uh, is, uh, is also a, a consequence of it. So I, I think that the inquiries that we are receiving uh, in the mining industry for this type of, uh, let me call it problem, is, uh, is really uh, growing fast. 
So you can you can tell that uh, every year there is an increasing number of inquiries for this type of products. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's, it's pretty interesting how filtration really came or of tailings anyway uh, came into being, and it, it took a little while to catch on, but it certainly is in the forefront of almost every practitioner's mind now. And I, I've always said there's no one size fits all, no no magic silver bullet that's going to cure everything. But filtration certainly should be considered on nearly every tailings project these days. Oh, you find me perfectly <laughs> in agreement with you, Brian. And there are several factors, uh, several factors uh, driving to this type of um, of approach. Uh, well, I think even even if you, if you consider the last uh, three four weeks, there have been couple of uh, sites where the, the tailings uh, became a problem of for the environment. I think one was uh, in, in Latin America, another one was in South Africa. The, the recent one in South Africa, I think, was a coal mine where this slurry um, inundated areas affecting uh, rivers. And, and so the environmental issue is certainly a factor creating attention uh, in the in the stock stakeholders of, of the mining industry to consider the dewatering with filtration uh, one one potential way to deal with the tailings and uh, now there are a lot of uh, of articles and uh, even ourselves so we explained a lot that the benefit of the dewatering is also is minimizing the risks, uh, increasing the water savings, and in certain areas, this is uh, definitely important. And uh, when you have a lack of uh, space uh, for for storage, uh, the the dewatering of the tailings is also increasing the the average life of the mine and and reducing the disposal areas. There are probably many more advantages, but these are the first ones that comes to come to my mind. Yeah, that, that's right. And it, it, it can save resources too. You may and may not have to build an embankment. If things go well, you don't need a big embankment like you do for a conventional tailings facility. The, the big um, prize for me is that filtered tailings can offer you a truly walkaway closure opportunity where conventional tailings, you have long-term consolidation and it, it could, could be a very long time until you can get a cover over the entire facility where a filtered tailings facility, you, you can close it as soon as you turn off the filter plant and you can put your cover on and, you know, hopefully if things go well, if you've got good engineering and operation, uh, you, you should be able to get walk away from that facility very soon after closure. You're right, Brian. Indeed, uh, when, uh, when companies are uh, evaluating uh, the, the project and the, and the investments, uh, I think uh, they, they, should, uh, they should be really focused, not just on the capital investment, uh, 
and the uh, operational costs, but uh, they, they should uh, increase the, 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 the view of the project, also considering the future and the mine closure in, in order to have a, a better and complete uh, evaluation when they are considering uh, an operation. If you only focus uh, on the capital investment, uh, probably the direction of, uh, of the technology might be not uh, the best one. And uh, it doesn't mean that it's also the most economical because the, the cost for closure are really impacting uh, uh, the overall investment. And uh, additionally, um, I, I've been talking with different players, different uh, mine owners, and they also say that if you have a disaster coming out from your operation, <laughs> the, the stock value of your company is falling immediately down. And this is something that uh, a mine owner cannot afford. And indeed, uh, if somebody has to do investment uh, in this type of uh, company, it's important that the evaluation of the, of the whole project is really responsible and complete, considering even the future and the closure of the mine. Yeah, yeah. Well, Andrea, one of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you today is because of a product that I found out a little bit about before it was launched, and I had the great honor of being a part of the product launch, was it, which was an amazing event, by the way. Um, it was very well produced, and I, I thought it was a, a very unique experience. But you launched a new filter plant, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about it. Yes. Thank you for all your nice words, and it was really a pleasure having you as a, a player of that. I think it was a, a kind of a very funny, nice, uh, and uh, an informative experience. Yeah. And uh, as, you, as you told, mm -hmm. uh, it was a kind of a different way to approach uh, this, uh, this type of communication, especially in our, in our industry. But um, we wanted to pass very good messages and uh, serious messages. Uh, around the mining industry and approach uh, matter of fact that uh, yes we it was the kind of uh, culmination of our efforts when we decide and we decided to launch uh, this uh, big unit uh, the ght 5000 f dominos the largest filter press in the world we came to that point we came to to the launch of this uh, innovative uh, system because uh, working hand by hand with the clients and the several mine stakeholders, we understood that it was important uh, to answer to the needs uh, of something that the market is, is really asking. So large capacities, uh, lower operational cost, uh, something uh, to be anyway uh, easy, to be handled and and so we we wanted to create uh, a suitable unit like uh, the five meter by five meter filter press that we that we put in the market yeah and, and just to give the listeners an idea what is the i know the first unit has already been 
manufactured and sold. What is the th design throughput for that plant? Thank you for the question. Yes, uh, you are correct. The, the unit that we presented uh, during the event uh, uh, was uh, sold uh, for a um, project uh, in Peru for uh, dewatering of copper tailings. The expected capacity for that application is uh, around uh, 8,000 tons per day of solids. So you can imagine one unit treating that capacity is extremely impressive. And uh, as I also mentioned during that event, uh, it, of course, it depends on the type of product that you are dealing with, but um, the capacity can even be higher. Um, I think uh, we can also achieve 12,000 tons per day if the material has a high filtrability and the necessary characteristic, which is really, a big, big factor. Right. So the most often, if you're talking 8,000 tons a day, there are a number of filter plants, let's say three or four or five, and one of them is usually on standby. So you can replace three or four or five individual plants with one large, as you call it, domino uh, installation. Yes. Uh, we want to create a domino effect uh, where <laughs> where where the number of units will be will be several but not uh, extremely high and and you you exactly said the the quantity the, there are a lot of tonnages uh, high tonnages project where the capacity could be 80,000 ton per day 100,000 ton per day or even double than than this so if you, if you consider the standard size filter press, for example, 2.5 by 2.5 meter, well, to, to deal with these high capacities, you probably need 20, 30 of these units. Mm. That, that is becoming a little bit of an issue. But if you consider that for 80,000 ton per day, you only need 10 dominoes, well, that could be easier for handling. It could be um, good for the plant management. And so we, we see a, a lot of benefits uh, for this type of projects where in the past, uh, this was not even conceivable. Oh yeah, and, for and sure. In, yeah, and it would in be. fact, uh, uh, Brian, I'm just completing a little portion. This uh, unit, the first one that uh, we uh, we built, uh, is going to be uh, working in Peru quite soon as a pilot unit. Consider five meter by five meter unit is a pilot because if everything would be uh, proven and confirmed, this uh, will be uh, joined by other nine or 10 units uh, to achieve the overall capacity of uh, 80,000 ton per day. Wow. Yes. And I know this uh, this first unit is in this in the process of being sent down to Peru. That must be quite the process itself to put this thing all together to, to make sure that it works right and then take it all apart and put it in containers. Yeah, well, our engineers 
designing this unit have been really smart on thinking about the best way to assemble and disassemble because we know we are talking about a unit which is 40 meters long, 9.5 meters large and seven meters high. So when you are shipping this, uh, you need to ship this in parts, but we tried to make parts uh, uh, easy to be reassembled at the site. We minimized, uh, for example, the cables. And, and in, as we speak <laughs> in my office, uh, the, Beside my office, uh, the workshop uh, is now busy to uh, put uh, the equipment in the boxes and, and, and in containers because we are uh, planning to ship the unit uh, in in few weeks. So uh, it, uh, the day after the event, when we completed the event, uh, we started immediately the, the, the shipping procedure in order to achieve the site as soon as possible. Yeah. Um how how long does it take you to manufacture one of these units that's a good question <laughs> um well i would say that um we we expect uh, a delivery of uh, for, for one unit uh, eight nine months uh, more or less uh, and uh, there are other um, components uh, that might take a little bit more uh, it depends on the availability in the market, but uh, surely it's uh, it's improving because as long as we advance uh, with this type of uh, projects, uh, we are also trying to optimize uh, the the delivery time and the procurement. Even if in these current days you know that uh, the availability of raw materials and also the prices uh, are, are growing a little bit, so we are dealing with uh, with some challenges but we we are hopeful that we will come to a steady point yeah perfect and but i guess we should talk about uh, a one size fits all approach you're you're not trying to sell the domino to all of your clients there are some operations that could and should use your other uh filter units as well i agree uh, one of our uh, strengths, uh, a strong point is that um, we are very good on working with every client, uh, meeting the specific needs uh, and adjusting our system. So uh, there, there is uh, the big company asking for an 80,000 ton per day tailings project. And then we have an answer with our dominoes. But if you have uh, 80,000 ton per day, 4,000 ton per day, or whatever, we have all the different sizes and several models with different characteristics that we can propose and install uh, for every mine operation. So flexibility and uh, capability to adjust uh, the system to the specific needs is one of our characteristics. Yeah, yeah. So what led to the uh, creation of the domino? Was it the client who was looking for the technology or was it an internal thing where somebody just said, it's, it's time we do this thing, let's get this, let's, let's get a very large machine going? Well, the two things together. Yeah. We've been, we've been thinking about having a, a bigger size unit 
uh, initially we could say it could be four by six, uh, three by whatever. And then we came to the point that five by five uh, was uh, was the good um, the good size for our uh, upper level. And uh, additionally, we could see from the market a different uh, type of inquiries uh, going to that line, asking for large capacities, but uh, a reduced the number of filtration lines. And uh, we we decided that we needed to react. We needed to to find. Uh, something to answer these questions and and that's why we created domino yeah that's 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 uh something that i i think the world was waiting for but maybe the world didn't know that it was coming as soon as it did yeah uh, you 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 think you know probably for a long time uh, the the filtration technology had uh, several um, I don't want to say issues, but the, the perception for this type of technology was uh, a little wrong in terms of uh, considering this complicated, difficult, uh, um, with, uh, with um, uh, potential issues in terms of uh, management. But uh, it, it is important to consider that we developed the technology as a result of a uh, long experience in the field. So we know the criticalities in terms of uh, managing, uh, the, 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 for example, the cloth uh, replacement. But we know the criticalities uh, in terms of uh, cleaning the unit. And it was just a matter to uh, develop something uh, where all the previous issues uh, were taken in a, in, into account. That's why we we are we presented during the event all the features in terms of uh, maintenance and also automation because we developed also an, an application called AIDA, which is our system tutor, which is enabled to manage the system from even from remote, helping the the operation to be easier. And, and probably also more effective and, and optimized. Yeah, that, yeah that, I'm really intrigued by this. And I think the world is waiting to see how it performs. And we're probably not going to know for maybe a year. Would that be fair to say? Um, I hope we can learn something earlier, but definitely the, the shipment uh, is, uh, is, as I said, is, is ongoing. Then we have to reach the site and assemble, but uh, we, we have um, a kind of pressure to start uh, as soon as possible because we, we are really, you are intrigued, we are intrigued, the client is intrigued, and, uh, and it's important that we validate uh, this performance uh, as soon as possible. So we hope uh, probably even before the end of this uh, 2022 to be in position to, to have a good feedback from the operation. Yeah, yeah. In, in a previous role that I had, I had a client who was discussing, at least internally, the possibility of filtering at a rate of 300,000 tons a day. And they, they were taking it fairly seriously. And you know, in in the previous way of filtering with the smaller plants, you, you'd probably have to have 
far more than 100 units to be able to filter that rate. And when you start getting up to 100 units, people just dismiss it and say, no, it's, it, it'll never work, it'll never happen. Yeah, and I don't know why they dismiss it that way because it could work. There's no reason it shouldn't. You know, the ec economics aside, it, it should work. But if you've got something like the domino, you can get away with far fewer, maybe let's say 40 of these units or something like 40 or 50 of these units. And then it starts to sound achievable. Yes. And um, uh, thank you for, for this type of example, Brian, because <laughs> I, I remember even in the past internally, we, we had the discussions with our engineers, with our R&D and um, well, you don't come to such an achievement uh, in one minute. You, you have to think uh, carefully about every, everything. But, uh, but we also have a good approach here, especially in this part of, of Italy, <laughs> the characteristic of the people that we are somehow stubborn. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> I also remember that, um, well, Nelson Mandela said, everything is impossible until you do it. Yeah. And, <laughs> And I, I, when I was back, sometimes I, I smiled and said, well, even for Domino, this, this is true. Um, probably in our office, uh, four years ago, you might, you might have think, oh, that's impossible. And, yeah. and we made it. So it, it's something that make me, makes me positive also for future challenges. Yeah, yeah. Well, Andrea, I really appreciate your time today. I think we've covered a lot of information and I, I appreciate you helping to spread the word about filtration in general, but also domino. But like, like we were saying, the domino is not the cure for everything. You've got other products that are very capable and, and in very widespread use today at uh, mining operations throughout the world. Oh yes, yes. I, I think that uh, what uh, what we always suggest uh, to to everybody is to be open-minded, uh, to avoid uh, the to use just the usual way or to use the so-called conventional way for everything, including also the techniques management. It's important to evaluate. Uh, um, many options uh, and try to select the best available in the market and the best available with the with the technology that is um, is currently present so we we agree that uh, sometimes uh, there are sites uh, that are not really in need of our technology but we can also confirm that uh, the number of uh, operations uh, requiring this type of technologies is growing uh, and it is it is confirmed by facts by numbers and by and by the, the market itself yeah yeah perfect okay and andrea i think think we need to probably wrap it up because i know it's toward the end of your day in italy but before we depart would you like to leave us with any key takeaways or pearls of wisdom well, <laughs> thank you. I think uh, what I, I can say is that um, when we spoke about Domino in the event uh, 
um, many, many people provided the contribution uh, and shared their experience. Uh, and we all came to a point where we, we explained that uh, the mining industry is, uh, is important. Uh, we cannot avoid to, uh, we cannot avoid mining. It's necessary. Yeah. And uh, without the mining, we couldn't be even here having this uh, podcast uh, from uh, between uh, US and Italy. So that's it, clear. right. Right. We 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 passed the message, and I believe that the two thousand people that that day watched the event understood the message was to be responsible, to be serious, and the payoff of the unit could be also the payoff of. Uh, of our discussion today, which is mine with mind. And uh, I believe that we can suggest uh, everyone involved in the mining industry to, to be responsible, to be open-minded. And, and this, in my opinion, will help to have a good approach, a good cooperation between the parties with the goal to be responsible to achieve the results, but without any bias, just trying to consider that you can you can do things if you if you really want and if you if you are convinced that the transparency between the relationship and the parties is is going to a positive end. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's wonderful, yeah, and I, I appreciate that, and I appreciate your time today, and uh, yeah, it's been uh, wonderful spending some time with you. Likewise, Brian, uh, I really love to have a conversation with you, and I, I could go ahead for another three hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but maybe for another time we can we can have uh, other discussions, and I I'm really pleased to be part of your of your podcast uh, and it was uh, as i said an honor to be with you today uh thank you so much and i'll, I'll put your uh, contact information in what i call the show notes for this podcast and i know that people can get a hold of you or at least you're planning to go to sme uh here pretty quick so they should be able to get a hold of you there as well it will be my pleasure to be in touch with the people who wants to know more detailed information. And so don't be shy. I will be pleased to help you. We will be happy to cooperate with you if you have a specific case. And why not to meet you in person in Salt Lake City at our booth at SME show. That would be really, really great. Yeah, unfortunately, you won't have Domino there with you, but I think that would be an impossible logistic. Well, uh, yes and no. There will not be the real domino. There will be a model, a 3D model, and I will have the virtual reality uh, vis um, tool to have an ex a virtual experience and walk through domino through that. So that could be a good reason to come and meet me because that we can have a virtual experience uh, walking through domino in our booth. Yeah, that's that sounds amazing. And I, I think you're going to be pretty busy at SME. Make me busy. I yeah. will be waiting for you. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Andre, and I'll let you get back to your day, but thanks for spending time with me today. Thank you, Brian, and thank to all the listeners. Pleasure having with you today. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rockin'. Well, that about does it. Wraps are all up. Things seem to have worked out pretty good for the dude and Walter. And it was a pretty good story, don't you think?